Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts My guest today is jewelry designer Jennifer Fisher plus Salt Bay. She has a line of salts. She had a line at CB2. She's one to be reckoned with. Since launching Jennifer Fisher Jewelry, she relocated to New York and her brand continues an eclectic expansion that now includes fine jewelry, a singular fragrance. I want the fragrance, by the way, and a line of kitchen salts. Now we are diving in to talk all about her business on Just Be Unfluenced. Let's get into it. She works with her husband. That's a therapy session in and of itself. Jennifer Fisher, uh, jewelry designer, a.k.a. Salt Bay. So I I can't believe I'm saying this sentence, but I think I first and only met you 
at Jennifer Lopez's house. I was going to say the same thing. I was going to say, I wonder if she remembers that. But yeah, it was 4th of July and we met at JLo's house. Which is like, I don't say that because it doesn't happen. I don't go to JLo. Like, I'm not like at JLo's house. That just one year I happen to be at JLo's house, but it's not like a typical traditional thing for me every 4th of July. <laughs> JLo and I are just hanging out with Ben and everybody else. What about you? She Why were you there? Fourth of July parties. I think that was the third time I was there. Um, wow. Okay. Yeah, I mean, she likes hoops. To be there. fair, she does. Yes. So she likes my hoops. So that's a lucky, lucky girl. But I haven't been there in a while. So not okay. not since Ben. I'm sure I, she'll invite you after hearing this podcast. Both of us <laughs> will go there. In she has hoops. good. By the way, she has good Fourth of July parties, and they play volleyball with her family. And it was like this funny story. Were you there when we were playing volleyball? Or was that a different year? And I think that you guys were playing, but I yeah, we were I was on the over. same team. And she's like, "There can only be one Jen. Get on the other team," because people were like, "Jen, Jen." That's hilarious. There yeah. can only be one Jen, and I'm Sarah, not sure if yeah, it's it's, it's hard to it's hard to compete with J Lo. Um, so how did you get so? So how did you get started as a jewelry? Are you a jewelry designer or just like a curator? How did you get into the jewelry business? And the no, I'm a jewelry business? designer. So, okay. So I went to USC. Well, first of all, I studied, I grew up in Santa Barbara, California. I went to USC. I studied business marketing, but you know, little did I know my grandfather was a polo player up in Santa Barbara, old school cowboy would wear a cowboy hat. And my dad was in the car business, but my dad also redid Spanish homes up in Montecito before Montecito was like, you know, Oprahville and everything. Right. It's like a beat little sleepy beach town. And my dad always made sure that my grandfather had a space to do his silver work, which he was a silversmith in his spare time. And I would literally sit on the washer and dryer and watch my grandfather make these amazing, you know, rodeo buckles, bolo ties, money clips. Wow. For like, and he was kind of a badass. Like he taught like Tommy Lee Jones and Sylvester Stallone and all those guys how to play polo. He was like this old school cowboy. And so I didn't really think about it much because I was kind of a tomboy as a girl. And I, I, you know, I wore a lot of vintage. I didn't wear a lot of jewelry growing up. I wasn't a girly girl. And after I graduated USC, I thought I wanted to be a, ma- a publisher of a magazine. And I got my first internship at LA Style Magazine. I don't know if you remember that magazine. Yes. And I would. I was on the uh, publishing side and I watched the racks of clothing go by. And I was like, you know, I've always loved clothing. I was like lucky enough when I was little, my mom got me a subscription to Vogue magazine. And I literally like plastered my entire wall and covers and spreads. And I always loved fashion. And I was like, I, this is not for me. I need to work in fashion. And wow. so I literally moved. I, I switched, but I had a whole career before I was a jewelry designer. I was a wardrobe stylist in, in California. So I, I ah. styled like, you know, sets and sets of, uh, and of commercials for TV. I fell into the business. My friend worked for a commercial director of propaganda films and he literally was I like, remember wasn't propaganda films. Yeah, it was like Michael propaganda. Bay and Anton, Anton Fuqua, like all those big movie guys started there as commercial directors. And that was like in the nineties, like I dated Matt LeBlanc. Cause we like, we did, we worked on the NBC lot together when I worked at Aaron's with, for Aaron Spelling, like I had this whole career in wardrobe before I was a jewelry designer. So amazing. Cut to, I, Matt and I broke up. I came to New York to visit with one of the guys that was on the soap opera that I worked for at Aaron, for Aaron Spelling. And met up with one of my best friends, uh, brothers, groups of friends. And there was this cute guy there named Kevin. And we started dating. It was, and it was my best friend's cousin. And he lived in New York. I lived in LA and we would literally every two weeks get on a plane to see each other. And I turned, I was just about to turn 30. And I was one day at a wedding at Tribeca rooftop on DeRosa street, you know, and I had a strapless dress on. 
And I had like the, I, the lighting was weird. I lived I, right there. I lived right there. I lived in the same building Jay Z and Beyonce lived in. I know which that was building. right. My yeah, friends then that, lived in that building. It's a great building. Uh huh. So I had this lump on my chest, and, and I was like terrified. It was right before I turned thirty, and we couldn't figure out what it was. And thank God, Kevin's dad was a doctor. We thought it was breast cancer, flew to LA to see a breast cancer specialist. And it turns out it's something called a desmoid tumor, which is a rare soft tissue sarcoma that basically is a keloid scar that turns into a tumor. It's wow. Women get them in their uteruses after having children. It's like a trauma scar on the interior of your body that turns into a tumor. This is all has meaning in the story. So no, I, it has meaning without the story. That's insane to the jewelry. I meant, um, but oh. I went through chemotherapy. So at the time people didn't really know how to deal with these types of tumors. And thank God my father-in-law, well, my boyfriend's uh, father at the time had friends at UCLA and one was a soft tissue tissue uh, cancer specialist. And he got me in right away. And he's like, listen, we don't really know how to deal with these types of tumors, but let's try chemotherapy before radiation. We can always go to radiation. We've seen it work in some cases. So I went through 12 rounds of high-dose methotrexate chemotherapy. I did it at Cedar sinai in Los Angeles. And then I did it here at St. Vincent's in New York. And how I had this-, year, this is how long ago? This was when I was 30 and I'm 52 oh. now. Oh, same age. We're the exact same. So this is traumatic. Wow. And it was like, a lot. It was a lot. So yeah. you know, we were dating. He, we, he proposed while I was going through chemotherapy. And then we got married uh, like nine months after I finished chemotherapy. I like had to wear a hairpiece. I didn't lose all my hair. And by wow. the way, super clear, it's not cancer unless it's given blood flow. So mine technically is not cancer. It's a sarcoma. So I just want to be really clear about that. Well, okay. I don't. What is a sarcoma? What does sarcoma mean? It's like a soft tissue tumor. Which is different than an actual cancer. It's like, what is it? Because it's like control. It's like a like local, so like isolated, it, it, like yes. it's isolated. So if you cut okay. so the guy who actually did the uh, biopsy on it, he couldn't get anything out with a needle biopsy. So he did a regular biopsy on it and which he probably should have never because it could have given it blood flow and it could have turned into an actual cancerous tumor, which it hasn't. Because so oh, it could have like... Yeah. Migrated. So, okay. Totally. So I worked the whole time. I was still a commercial stylist. I had this amazing director in LA that let me do jobs in New York and California while I was going through all this. And it was, it was hell. It was really, really hard. And, you know, sounds I horrendous. Really sick. I was really sick. But, anyways, got through it. Tumor shrunk. We got married. And then when we wanted to have children, my oncologist was like, no fucking way. You can't carry a child. Your tumor grows from estrogen. So, you know, I knew this going through this and that's, I knew that I cut to prior to the story, my tumor grew quickly because I had switched my birth control pill when I was 30. So that's how that tumor, how it grew okay. really aggressively. Um, anyway, so we, at the time it was illegal in the state of New York to have a surrogate carry for you, which is really interesting. It was legal in New Jersey, Vermont, Florida, and California. So at the time, we're like, okay, Kevin grew up in Brentwood. I grew up in Santa Barbara, and both of our parents, uh, sets of parents were alive at the time. So we're like, let's do it in California because we can have the baby and then spend time with the grandparents. Went through the whole process of surrogacy, which is a long process. You're like selling yourself. There's like books of you and your family. And we found an amazing surrogate that lived in Sacramento, went through IVF. She got pregnant the first time, miscarried at 12 weeks. Second time, uh, we saw a heartbeat, and then she miscarried at 16 weeks. I was like, at the oh, my God. Oh, yeah. I was like at the Hilton in Sacramento, like by myself. And we found out there was no heartbeat and I had to go to the DNC with her. It was horrible. I felt so bad for her. And then she quit. And so then I came back to New York. I went through IVF on my own, even though they didn't want me to do it. I was like, I'm going to try it. So I went through IVF here, unsuccessful. Yeah, but I thought you said it was bad for the cancer. Like, so it wasn't about you not being able to do it. It was about being... Well, 
they never, they didn't want me to carry it. Yeah, they thought that my, there would be an influx of estrogen in my body by carrying right. the child. But we didn't know. I'd never been pregnant before. So okay. I went through the IVF just to see if we could get more eggs. And we couldn't. They were not lining up. They're like, listen, we're oh. so sorry. We oh. think that something happened. The chemo, we thought the methotrix, it was fine. But obviously something's going on with your eggs that, you know, you have to adopt or get an egg donor. So we were literally like, what are we going to do? Um, and I got pregnant. And wow. I was, you know what? I'm going to keep this baby and I'm going to see what it's happens. A, it's a miracle. Yeah. And that was my son, Shane. And so I had Shane. It was a totally normal pregnancy. My tumor did not grow. I was high risk, but it wasn't even a high risk pregnancy. I was completely fine the entire time. Wow. Um, and my tumor actually shrunk. I'm a case study at Emory University of Women of Childbearing Age that have gone on to have kids with this tumor and have it not grow. So anyway, so that was my well, that's, that's magic. Yeah, it was crazy. It was literally like the miracle child. So when yeah. he, people started giving me little gifts to represent him and I was like, oh, that's so sweet. That's so cute. That's so pretty. But that's just so not me. I'm not going to wear that. I wanted something heavy and cool and customized. And I wanted this right because it was a really big deal that I had this kid. Right. So I literally being a resourceful stylist, I went up to 47th Street and I was like knocking on doors. I'm like, well, someone I like drew it on a piece of paper. I'm like, well, someone make me this dog tag please will someone make it. And finally I found this one person that would make it for me. And it said chain and I would wear, I wore it on a heavy gold chain and it was sort of like down low. And I was, you know, wearing tank tops on set and all the grips and the gaffers and all the guys were like, what does that say? You know, it was like an instant conversation piece. And I started literally making them for people on set, Bethany. And really, yeah, literally. And I mean, yellow gold or it was silver. Yellow gold. And okay. it was just different. Like people are always used to charm bracelets, not really charm necklaces back then. And it was like, there wasn't really anything out there that was like edgy and cool enough that um, really like worked for me. So I made one for Uma Thurman and she got it delivered the day I was friends with her hairstylist and it, it got delivered the day that she was shooting a glamour magazine cover and she wore it on the cover. Stop. Yeah. And it had her kids' names on it when her moon moon was her daughter and the circle was her son and it had her kids' names. And and so she wore it then and people were like, oh, you know, celebrity mom jeweler. And it was just- Of course, like, like the one, you know, J-Lo wore that necklace that Ben got her that like then that brand everybody knew about. And it's the same one Kelly Ripa bought me. You know the brand recently. Who cares? You'll know. It has like almost astrological so signs. Many. Like There's a so coin. many of those, right. like, you know. Okay, so, um, so all right, so that happened. Yeah. So, um, so that happened. And then I literally was like still styling on set and working. And I was like, I really hate this. It's like 4am on, I'm on set. I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. And I would, you know, my husband would come home from work and he worked in finance and he'd be like, Jen, this is like a business. You've got orders all over the bedroom. I was literally shipping and fulfilling orders out of my bedroom in Soho. And, um, I started making any money or no. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it was pretty good. It was gold jewelry and I was selling it direct to consumer. And I was like, you know, I, I was talking to a bunch of people that were selling jewelry and everybody was like, you know, don't, don't wholesale the fine jewelry because they take everything on consignment. So I was like, you know, my business model is going to be direct to consumer for the fine jewelry only still to this day, we sell it direct to consumer only. We don't sell it to department stores. So that's what they meant by don't wholesale. They mean, don't go sell it to a store. Don't have a middle person. Well, yeah, don't go sell to a store because you've got to put millions of dollars of inventory out into these cases. Oh, not even then, just that there's a middle person, but that you have to, right? the net 30 and all that right. stuff. Okay, got oh, it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, you know that is. Yeah, okay, got like, it. The hustle and the struggle is real. Like I, you know, I just hustled and, you know, I always loved fashion and it was charms. And so I became friends with a lot of editors and they were saying to me, you know what? It's charm jewelry. Like it's not really magazine cover jewelry. Like we need stuff that feels more editorial. So I was like, you know what? Let me try to make some things. So I started making some things in brass and 
sending them to magazines, sort of I'm just polished. So they look like gold. And we started getting placements and magazine covers. And I was like, okay, this- But works. who, okay, hold on. So this is a brand. This was then not a brand. Then it was a side hustle, but you were still making money. Well, no, I quit. I quit styling at this time. But and I started, at what point? How much money did you make on this business to then say, I'm quitting? You know, like, you know, not that much. I was like, you know, I was a stay-at-home mom. I was then pregnant with my daughter, Drew. And I had another child. So I have two kids. Uh, so but it was I, still a side hustle. You were making well, money, but you- hustle, but like, yeah, yeah. making money. Yeah. Okay. You know? and, then, and then what were the struggles? Like, what was the problem? What did you run into that you didn't think you run into? Because I did this with, pa- I, at the same time you were doing that, I was doing that with- Pashmina's when that exploded and the same oh type God, of thing. I had those. Like every, I was the first to do Pashmina I in LA. Those. They had it at Neiman's or a few stores, like one or two shawls, but it wasn't a real business at, no, it wasn't a business at all. And I started ordering them. I was completely broke, but ordered 50 from India. They were charging 500 at Neiman's. I ordered 50 from India. And then I started like displaying them in like gradations of the color next to candy from this bulk candy place and uh, and Selma Hayek was buying and Susan Sarandon and everybody in the industry was buying because I knew everybody and to the point of what you're talking about right when you LA is very small it's different than New York you know everybody you go to La Scala for lunch you know every person you just know that everyone story, so though. right so everybody just knows everybody and that's like a way to and celebrities are everywhere so the same thing like I could just get a pashmina into a celebrity and then you're the person that sold pashminas to right. celebrities so, that don't even know who I am, but they had my shawls. Right. Like same kind of thing that you did. Like I was like a hustler. Like I, you know, I didn't have the marketing dollars to pay celebrities to wear my stuff, which, you know, that's all They it didn't is. even exist then. That didn't even exist then. It's like, and I, I was like, listen, I'm going to make sure that I leverage every relationship I had from when I was a stylist to get this jewelry on whoever I can. And I literally- Just get the, like, get the product. I always say, put the product in the people's mouths if it's food. Totally. So you put the product in the people's mouths. But yeah. my problem was getting excited and believing my own bullshit. I was broke. I wasn't a mom. I was really broke. And I was like, I thought this is it because we were selling so many pashmina and I did a trade show. And then when I got jammed up was when I over expanded, meaning I made too many different things. I should have, right. the pashmina was being copied and sold on streets in Lexington Avenue a couple of years right. later. So I was making pajamas and ponchos, but it didn't hit. And it was like more expensive to make those samples. So that was my mistake. What was yours? I totally get it. I still have this mistake to this day. Like, you know, skew reductions, too many products. Like it's so typical for like every business to go through this. You know, you have a product that you think is going to hit and it doesn't. You know, you're like, this is gonna be the greatest thing. And then, you know, I made these these puffy heart earrings recently and I was like, no one's gonna buy these. And then people went fucking nuts for them. Nuts I for love them. A puffy heart. Oh, well, let's get you some puffy hearts. These <laughs> giant puffy heart earrings and people love them. Like we can't keep them in stock. It's like, it's like you can't guess what's going to hit. Like if you try to guess, you're automatically guessing wrong. Right. It's like an entrepreneur. Right. So what are the cautionary like, tales? So what are know, the cautionary tales are you have to make so much from one thing that you are playing with the house's money to expand to another? You have to take the risk. Like, what are you telling the people every, who are starting businesses? I think I think you have to take the risk. You're not going to know, but you have to be able to come back around and regage and refocus quickly. Like, that's what I think a lot of people, especially a lot of women that are trying to start businesses and don't know what to do is, you know, they're they're paralyzed by fear of rejection, um, of, you know, uh, failure, uh, failure. Thank you. A failure. And it's it's something that you just have to, like, work through. Like, it is terrifying. I'm 
filled with fear every day that I wake up. There is not a day that goes by that I'm not terrified. You know, why? It's just, you know, what are you afraid of? We've we've bootstrapped this company with our own way. I haven't taken any outside investors. You know, it's my whole life is in it. It's it's scary, Bethany. And why do you what what do you want? We're changing that. Now we're changing that. You know, we want to bring in a strategic partner. You know, we've we've uh, we've made our product too small for too long. You know, it's sort of those things where you it's very it's, you're saying it's like Barney's where it's special and bespoke, but you need to like blow it out and go more mass. Right. Well, you know, you do in a sense because you need you need you need better. You need your cogs to be better. You need to make sure you're making more money. You know, you've got more overhead, you know, opening stores. You have to just make sure it's like such a balance. You know, you know, what so, this from going so, through this with your businesses. It's like, yeah, of course. Yeah. So but then yeah, I want to understand the model. So who's the we you said we. Oh, my husband we, and myself. My husband, my husband runs the business with me. So he, this is his business. Like, in other words, he doesn't, he's not in finance anymore. Correct. Correct. Okay. So it's your husband and Correct. you. That's a, yeah. another podcast for another time working oh, with your husband. we should talk about that actually. We should talk yeah. about that over because right, I get so, a lot of messages from women um, or just people in general of like working with spouses. That's like a whole other. How many people work for the whole, for the company? We've got 40, about 40 plus now. So you're responsible for 40 people and they're all like housed in the same place. Like they're in some we've office got, space so in New York. Two stores. We've got an office in, in Fifth Avenue in New York. And then we've got a store in Los Angeles and a store in Soho in New York. So so that's so that's where you get into the challenge because now you've yeah. got like overhead and you've got yeah. rent and you've got, okay, yeah. so you've got 40 yeah. and 40 people. is a re- I've yeah. never had, just for people listening, there are so they're many smart. different models. They're I know smart. publicists that have not 150 people that work for them. I have two assistants and I have all like monthly consultants and lawyers and, but that no one that I am responsible for except for like my house staff. So it's a model and I'm not good at that. Like that would not, I would. You're smart though. You know, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, you make choices to build your business certain ways and you learn over time. Like, you know, you listen to people like you that are doing it leaner and that's the smart way to do it. Well, yeah. it do, I, not necessarily. I mean, Martha but, Stewart Living Omni Media had hundreds of people in house and then they became public. It depends on there yeah. are so many roads to Rome. So it doesn't yeah. mean it's right or wrong. It's you're also manufacturing is everything. Where is it being manufactured? It's being manufactured in New York City. So the 40 people aren't part of that staff. The manufacturing that, is not the that manufacturing 40. Manufacturing is, out, is outsourced. So we have people we have we have contractors that work for us doing that so you are so you have 40 people that are working in what like sales and marketing sales, and pr PC, and str- marketing pr cfo cmo cro digital amazing uh, website, all of that uh, stuff so you know um, we have so we've got so we built we built and opened our first brick and mortar store during covid um i also wow I, we'll talk, I want to talk to you i learned how to put on my individual eyelashes during covid oh god my COVID oh i'm sure that's well, my I COVID. Saw that's my oh, COVID. my that's um, a major COVID scale. It's a good, um, yeah, I, yeah, we should talk about that. Lighting but, and lashes. Yeah, totally. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. i never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. 
I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. <laughs> oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed, And to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating. And a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Parents, ready to discover a new educational and interactive podcast for kids? Join Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids, where episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We learned how to recycle at the beach. That was great fun. Callie, what do you say? It was. And that time when we did the science experiments and Billy made raisins dance. so cool, Billy. He did. (laughs) Not to mention when a certain Elliot took up swimming classes with Lisa. All this fun and more in our Stories for Kids. Lingo Kids Stories for Kids is now available on StoryButton, the kid-friendly device for screenless podcast listening. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So, all right, so you have 40 people, and now you guys want to take in a strategic investor. Yeah, we need, yeah, that's the plan. That's what we're working on right now. So, and what brand do you look at that you would like to follow a model? This is what's weird. So, can we talk about how weird my business is? The salt. You know, that that's a whole... Oh, right. We didn't get into the furniture and the salt and the CB2, which you're a hustler. How you get these collabs. So, but but before salt was CB2, which was very impressive. And I have some of the things. I bought the dog 
separator. Yeah, I bought a lot of the shit. The stuff was really good. Your stuff with all that marble stuff. It was amazing. I remember you messaged me and you needed something and I was like, dude, it's sold out. Like I can't. I know. No, I love, I I sometimes go back and look for it. Like it's still going to be there. I, I thought gone. that was amazing. Still, and that's it's still happening. Like it's still, they, I don't think they'll ever stop selling our swirl dish. The swirl dish, which is like this cup. With the, the cup jewelry. Cup. Yeah. The but that's not, dish. there's a dish oh. for jewelry too. Yeah. There's all kinds of stuff, but this, di- these dish sets outsold the white dish for the company wide. Like, oh, so you still make money on that. You still have a license with them. Yeah, we do. Amazing. But Mm -hmm. I love. Okay, so so Jennifer did a collaboration with CB2. By the way, they've done stuff with freaking Lenny Kravitz that I bet you hasn't even done as well. I mean, it did. It was very good. We we were their best selling collab. I mean, to to I I don't quote me on this, but I we were to the date the best selling collab that they'd ever done. So much so exactly. That, See, I know my shit. I knew it. I, I could shit. feel it. I I I scour the catalog. I love CB two, and CB2. I was Wait. like, everything was Price good. The desk, amazing. I was that, a CB2 like customer. The desk was good, right? The desk that was like a console. I know every oh, piece. I think that's what you needed. Give me a quiz. That's yes. what you needed. I never got it. You could give me a quiz. All I could right. give you, I could do a I quiz love on. I you know it all so much. Yeah. There was some outdoor. Yeah. Yes. Fun. Okay. Yes. So, and it was like so, great price point. Sold so fast. So great. So it sick. sold so well that they're like, okay, let's do it. And so during COVID. So, okay. I literally launched it though, Bethany, like when the world freaking shut down, we launched it on February 28th of 20 of 2020. That thing that I'm talking about, that was then? That was, oh, yes, wow. Yes, we launched okay. it when the world shut down with COVID. The world shut down. Mm-hmm. It was Mar- my, my son's birthday. was That's March. great, though. Everyone was on yeah. looking at their computer. Right. And they're also stuck in their homes wanting yes. to their houses in, a, yes. in, in an affordable way. And it was all of the stuff that I did. Like, I didn't make sure nothing was like freaking purple. Like, I, I, my color palette was very neutral. Neutral. Always yep. will be, always is who I am. Same. And I just kept it really simple. And I just designed a ton of stuff that I, you know, I originally designed like 300 things, but we ended up going live with 108 pieces of just things that I thought were just regular things, but cooler. And little did I know, it was sort of like the jewelry. Like people were like, oh my God, that's great. I want that too. Amazing. I started cooking on Instagram. Um, but before the CB2, I had launched the salts. Like I put the salts up, on Instagram. Yeah, so let's discuss a trip to salt. We go from <laughs> charms to Uma Thurman to CB2 to salt. Like, I want to understand that term. I'm weird. I'm just, I, I've always just kind of done stuff that feels right for me. Like, people likewise, are like, what are you going to do? Like, handbag? I know, like you doing skinny girl, like that. Likewise. Makes sense for you. Like, right? Like, or whatever. I, Mingle mock. This is my mocktail. It's like, why? Oh, because people want to mock. It's the sickest oh, thing ever. I need that because I stopped drinking alcohol about a it's month and a half ago. The just, best so thing ever ever you'll freak out they're amazing because it's effectively like a ready to drink mocktail it's not the fake vodka or the fake gin it's a ready to drink mocktail it's so good so the salt so the salt came from literally like i couldn't find what i wanted to put on my eggs i have hashimoto's also do you know what hashimoto's okay yes i don't know immune disease yes so i've had hashimoto since i was in high school and always like weight, weight fluctuating, kind of not feeling great, brain fog, um, to lethargic. And I found an endocrinologist here in New York that got me off of gluten and had me eating protein in the morning. And I, I couldn't find anything to put on my eggs that didn't have, it wasn't like potpourri or like a barbecue rub. So I literally made like a little concoction of all the things that I like on a, in a, in a bowl on the side of my, on the side of my stove. The first one was the universal salt, which has dill, parsley, crushed chili yep. pepper. Yeah. So my dad used to send me his lemons from Santa Barbara when he was alive, and I would grate the lemon rind because I didn't want to waste any part Zest. of it. Zest. 
Yes, exactly. But not the pith, not the white part, just the top. Yeah, the zest, just the zest. That, so you just do that with a microplane. You get it. So yeah, I would dry it and I would use it in recipes. So I threw lemon in there I, and that was universal salt, lots of black pepper. And I was starting to put it on everything. And my husband was like, this tastes really good. Like, what are you using? And I was like, it's that salt concoction that I made on the side of the stove. And one day as one did back on Instagram being annoying when everyone was putting up their egg avocado toast, I put up mine next to like a picture of Rihanna in like hoops. And people were like asking more comments because there weren't DMs then like what is on your first of all, you can poach an egg. That's crazy. You can cook. And then also like what is that? What's that seasoning that's on your egg? And I was like, it's this concoction that I keep on the side of my stove. I'm like, well, where can we get it? And then editors started asking me, you know, how can they get it? And we did it as a holiday gifting to all the editors back in the day when they still worked in magazines and at offices. Smart. Because, you know, they're all getting like chocolate bars with like brand logos or like people's yeah. faces on it. And we're always like, let's give them something nourishing that they can actually eat at their desk when they're working crazy hours doing gift guides. So yeah. we sent them an avocado, a lemon. Um, it was like this crazy circus trying to get it done. So the avocado didn't freaking rot and like sit in the mail room at that. Right. Ass. So we uh, chips, uh, like a chili oil and my salt. And it was the spicy salt. And literally, Bethany, more people and editors and chiefs were like, this is amazing. Thank you so much. And it really resonated. And then they all started to want, write, wanted to write about it and figure out how to buy it. So we figured out how to package it. I put it in this that, you know, you have them. The, really, the little really- jars. And why isn't CB2 carrying those? Because that I feels do. very... C- oh, okay. Great. Well, I just want to call them if there's a problem. Okay. Yeah. No, I wasn't aware. No, they do carry it. But mm. you need to get into like salt, peppers, and shakers because you get, get the whole marble thing. I need to get into like Erwan, but you know, it's like the whole thing with Erwan is like- Yeah, but are you going to get- is, it, is, that really, is this profitable now, the salt thing? No, this we is like a side thing. We sell about $700,000 worth of salt a year. Okay. You know, You're the salt bay. You get um, to a million. Okay. Okay. Let, let's keep focused right. on the Let's keep focused yeah, on the jewelry. Yeah. yeah. And um, you know, the home and all this, I really love doing all the interior stuff and it's, you know, it's fun. You know, I did a scent during COVID. That was fun to do. You know, I, um, you did a scent night. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's so the home stuff is, is a no brainer. Jewelry is unbelievable. I would love to do more CB too. It was so fun. I would love to do more furniture. I would love to do oddly. How weird is this office furniture? Love. Because love. there's like no cool office furniture. Like those desks yep. that I did, I feel like there just isn't a lot in that space, you know? So we'll see what happens. Office furniture, what, you know, any kind of home stuff. It's, it's so fun to do. And but so after we did that, we did uh, a, a Christmas collaboration with CB2. And then we did the kitchen collaboration because I was cooking so much on my, because I have Jennifer Fisher Kitchen, which is my food Instagram, where I like literally just like stick my camera in like the pot of whatever I'm cooking. And I like show everybody how to cook and like all the recipes are on my website too. So it's all, there's, there's anti So you're doing, does your, so your husband is what? Operations? He, yes. He's operations and you're yes. the creative. So he has yes. to like lasso you in sometimes. Uh, like I, you're the idea hamster. Constantly all day long. No, no, You're no. the idea hamster and he has I to be am. like, we got to get back and get focused because yeah. you got, if you try to please everybody, you please nobody. Exactly. Like, you know what I mean? So he wants to protect the realm and he wants to focus on the skews that are really working and he wants to build that business and he wants to like blow that out. Right. I'm Elliot Connie and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? 
That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for deliverance. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. <laughs> oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed, And to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating. And a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Parents, ready to discover a new educational and interactive podcast for kids? Join Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids, where episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We learned how to recycle at the beach. That was great fun. Cowie, what do you say? It was. And that time when we did the science experiment and Billy made raisins dance. so cool, Billy. He did. <laughs> Not to mention when a certain Elliot took up swimming classes with Lisa. That was me! All this fun and more in our Stories for Kids. Lingo Kids Stories for Kids is now available on StoryButton, the kid-friendly device for screenless podcast listening. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So you work with your husband for how long? He's been with the brand for eight years. That must have been a decision and a discussion. Like who decided that and how did that come up? Um, You know, he's cool. The the great thing about Kevin, my husband, is he's got zero ego. And he is like, you know, anytime it's time for me to exit, I'm out. 
I'm here. I was here to help you build the brand. You're my wife. It was like the perfect timing. It wasn't like he, it wasn't like I'm going to leave to go build your brand. He was having an exit from where, where he was going. He had to leave. It made perfect sense because it wasn't a competitor. So he came and helped me out and then just didn't leave. So that's sort of the arrangement. So the arrangement is he will exit at some point, um, but just not yet. And so it's very it's just, obvious what he does and you do because those that correct. goes right down the middle with the, with the operation ones. Right. And now we're building a team around us, which is like we have this killer team around us, it, which is makes all of the difference in the world. So it's not just him and I when like, what do you do? What do you do? You know, right. we've got they know that they've do what they've doing that worked at like big very very big brands before and and know what how to grow brands and how to scale and how to make sure that we're you know positioning ourselves right how to make sure that we're you know we're merchandising correctly how to make sure that we are you know our skew count is correct you know there's a lot of that's very hard i could tell you <laughs> i that like people listening there are so many different models to business like i have a very different model and it probably could have been so much even more massive in many ways if I had an infrastructure and operation like that. You have to do what is right for your personality. Like your husband's doing operations, you're doing the creative, you have these people around you. You've, it's almost like you have advisory and, and board and all these things. I, it's, it's, it's very, it's to be applauded. It's very hard. Like you have all these elements and I think that that's extremely admirable, to be honest. It's not for everyone and not everyone can yeah. do it and nail it. Yeah, it's really, it's like I said, it's like I said, it's scary and it's hard and it's our own cash and it's our own money. And it's, you know, it's, that's what it is. And it's- So what mistakes have you made? What really big mistakes have you made? What would you do differently? We make so many mistakes. I would say, you know, one of the big mistakes is probably, you know, thinking that we could do it on our own for as long as we have. I think that, you know, asking for help and getting the right people in and building the right team around you is really, really important. You mean spending uh, that money that's hard to spend on these well, big salaries to have people under you that are experts in their field? Is that what you mean? Because well, you know, like one of the people that works for me is one of my family members. You know, he's a cousin. You know, there's people, there's ways, there's creative ways of doing it. So you're not you know, killing yourselves on salaries, but, you know, oh, I think back end and things like that. Yeah. I think that, I think that, you know, ha having a product to deliver, I mean, you know what this is having products and producing products and sourcing is key. You know, I wish I had sourced earlier, you know, but also what's kind of weird about our brand is that no one, no one else like there's really no other brands that have fashion jewelry, the way we have the hoop earrings and all of that fashion jewelry, and then also have the fine jewelry component. Yeah, there's a couple, but it's confusing. Yes, I understand what you're saying. You have to market so it's that. Two separate manufacturing chains, you know. So it's it's a lot. There's a lot of moving parts. So you know, I I I wish that I you know earlier we worked on sourcing and manufacturing. You know, not necessarily in the United States. Okay, so you said two things. First, you said there was a mistake was that you had to bring in other people around you that are experts, but could you afford to do that in the beginning? No. You can afford, yeah, but then you, that wasn't a mistake because in the beginning you can't afford that. Right, you know, but it's, it's sort of those things like I wish I had I had asked around more, I wish I had. You know, that's another thing too. I, I think this is a good thing to point out is that, you know, you, I wish also that I, you know, at 52, when I turned 50, I also have this mindset of, I'm sure you do too, of sort of like, I don't care what people think about me any longer. Yes. I, when I when I was earlier in my career, I was I was more guarded. I wasn't as open and transparent as I am now. I I I was more concerned about what people thought about me and my brand. And then when I honestly, Bethany, I started like just being myself and like I don't, you know, this is it. This is who I am and I take it or leave it. And is when my brand really started to change and 
you know, we started to to grow. I think people, you know, you, you well, you allow for the possibility that it could fail because you're not so desperate about it. But then good things happen in a way yeah. like you're and kind of you like, also, you know, new things, new things open up that you didn't think about because you're seeing it differently. Like you don't nobody. <laughs> and for me, nobody has anything that I want at this age. So it 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 opened leaving housewives twice, like me leaving millions of dollars. Cause I and so it opened up other things that I didn't even think about or was looking for because I was just open and free and I also didn't care what people thought. I was gonna call you. I got a phone call to like talk to them and I was like, I'm gonna call Bethany. And then I was like Interesting. No. And I was like, Like no. now or back when they did the this? season that they're doing now. That makes right, sense. Then, I got, then back. They, I've been asked a few times, but I've never gotten into any serious conversations with them. I've only just spoken to like the casting director. And then I was like, it's not right for me. At one point, I think it was when you were going back on the show. And I think they wanted another businesswoman on the show. Oh, uh, OK. Looking for someone to sort of like be along there with you that had a company. Well, in a constructive way, I would say this. Um, until I left, I wasn't able to really creatively and freely think about my business and brand as a whole. Meaning I had made a lot of money on the on the cocktail and I made a lot of money doing the show and different things and had different licensing deals and they did really well and still do well and you know t- you know a lot of money. Like but it wasn't really nurtured and each thing wasn't really taken care of in a holistic way. And when I left, I was able to have the breadth and the brain power to think about everything because you can't really run a business while that you're having that diversion. You have four months of really filming and your business becomes a side character. It cannot be the main character. They pretend that it's, you cannot run your business and be the main part of a show like that because you have to do things that you would never normally do and go places you don't fit into your normal schedule. So now your business takes a back seat and then you're also dealing with all the media Right, media so scrutiny much. as I, another job, and it's and the I've juice is not worth the squeeze. I watched yeah. them. I watched them, and I watched them having to do. It was like those posts that they have to do to watch, watch the show, and I watch. You know, I see them in it. It's it's just, and it's it also is Pete. It's they, they'll get four hundred and something thousand uh, viewers for an episode. Now you could do an Instagram post and get close to that like it's just the medium it's they're they're working on soap operas 10 years 15 years ago or 20 years ago whenever soap that's like the medium is it's not the future it's the past right so that's the those are my reasons for you right no i just didn't feel right for me and where i was with my business um but whenever they've sort of reached out but um yeah but i at one point was like i'm gonna call i'm gonna text bethany and get in touch with her and talk to her but then I just did. Yeah, do I it. mean, if I was on, no. I would have told you to do it because like, it can help. But it depends on what you want, like anything else. It depends on where you are. It, it's good for a lot of people who need a next chapter and they maybe they got a divorce or maybe they have right. financial issues and they like really want a burst of like relevance or something or to happen. Like, start a business that like they have an idea for or something. Like exactly. Something. But you're, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Something. Yeah, I've spoken. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So, um, Okay, so you said those were your mistakes, which doesn't sound like you've made any colossal mistakes, to be perfectly honest. And and it. what have you done that was really right? Like, what did you nail? What was really right? 
I think those collaborations like CB2 was a really smart move. I think that, and, and it was like, it was one of those things too, that just was, it was natural. They came to me. I really with Ryan. Yeah. I met with the head of CB2. We bonded over the fact that our kids play basketball and like, it was just like a natural, it just felt right. It was one of those things. They were so easy to work with. They're based in Chicago. They're the nicest people in the world, you know? And also I think it was one of those things where, you know, fashion is so hard and it, it's such a hard hard edged business. And then when you step out of it and you get to work with people that aren't in, you know, high fashion and just lovely human beings in the Midwest, it's just like, it's such a nice, and it makes you want more of that in your life, especially living in New York city. You know, it's such a breath of fresh air. Um, to be I could see you getting into feeling. beauty, and I don't say that to anyone because I think it's so overcrowded and so competitive, and there has to be a very distinct way to enter that is interesting. Maybe for you, it's salt scrubs or products or something. But I, I would, would say beauty. I think it's hard because I've had so much work done that I openly talk about. Yeah, but, but you could find that. your way like, in through salt, bath yeah. salt, salt scrub. Maybe you make it salt because it's connected. But I love I, I love like lipsticks and lip gloss. And I'm like, a, when it comes to that kind of stuff, I love beauty products. Like I love, like I have all of this stuff here. I was like, I'm going to show her all the stuff that I love. Show me your stuff. I know oh everything now and I, I know don't you even use anything. But I'm going to show you and I'm going to talk. So this is Geomonica Blunder. Do you know her? Do you have oh, yes, I do. Yes. Yes. Like, this is the best undercover eye cream. They have every single shade. She did like four. I'm a 4.25 under my eyes. She's amazing. You know um, who has good drugstore of that right now? It's shocking. Catrice. Ooh. It's Catrice has an amazing under eye concealer brightener. Like you'd think it was d- elite, like dr- really? uh, department store. Sick. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, Merit Beauty. Beverly Hills. I love Merit. I just did. A, I just did I something I, with them. I'm like too red, but mm-hmm. oh, one thing I did wrong. Let's talk about that. My new website relaunched last week, and there was a, an issue that for some reason the coding team missed that was written into like I, we're not. I'm not entirely sure about it. But basically, we launched a new website, and then all of the images got sucked out of the website. I can't even talk about oh it. Oh my god. Um, Danessa Merricks makes the best. Yep. As you can, see, I use and, this. This and is people love her bombs too. These, this contour, what is it? Light one is literally the best. Um, Aisha, our mascara, Maybelline Sky High. Do you like this one? I like it. I like it. My favorite is, I think, it's superhero. Tower and I, 28 is a good mascara too. Do you like this one? I, I like the brand. I, I like I don't a tubing. Need... I like a tubing mascara because I Oh, hate then it. you would love um, Thrive. I love Don't Thrive. say it. Yeah, Thrive, Thrive is good. Thrive okay. is probably one of the best mascaras. And it's so funny. I went to go check out the other day for because I wanted another one because I feel like they dry out quickly. But and I went to check out and I got distracted and I didn't do it. So you just reminded me I need to do I'm it. I'm so again. proud. Like that I know you know that a year and a half ago I didn't know any of them. Not one of these things would I have known you know one thing shit. you were talking about. I you know your shit. And I follow you and I know my shit pretty well too. You really know your shit. Like you are really good. Um, but it's because I never wore you. makeup. So I was yeah, discovering. It's fun to watch you too. And you can do your own makeup. Patrick Ta, I like his, I like his eyebrow. Um, He's like his, his, his whole brand. And you probably like the design. And this bron- the bronzer. Love. Yeah. Bronzer. But you hate but the not, fingerprints. She's, she's, sco- I, I hate that. Hate, hate it. She's desperately. Sculpted. Makes me crazy. Do you know mm-hmm. G-Beauty, this smaller beauty brand, these girls, these girls are amazing. G-E-E? Yeah. They're really I feel lovely. like I've seen it, but I don't know that product. They make a really good Golden Glow bronzer, and they're lovely women. The company was started by their mom. They're from Canada. They're lovely, lovely. Nice. And Natalie is my friend. She lives in um in uh, Miami. Um, do you use Refi? Uh, the lash brow thing. The brow the thing. thing. Yes, it's amazing. The, the one I have is thicker though. It's not like a little ball. It's like the longer ball and is white. Need the ball. 
have just why i like the longness i don't know i kind of like the ball for some reason have just interesting but also like their um this powder that's kind of wet yeah people yes but i didn't think it was actually that good i just like the concept I kind of love it. I like you that do? I, for me. Well, okay. Well, this is the other one. Have you tried this Charlotte Tilbury airbrush? Yes, I have it. I have this all. Is yeah, good. I keep. So I keep. She's funny and she's cool. Um, I keep this in my bag when I go to like work parties and stuff, and I'll like blot. You have, but you need a tiny brush for this. This is where Monica's brushes are really good too. Monica Blunder's brushes because yeah. they're tiny, and I can like get in here. So I put this. But in I want to know why you like that refi because it's. I didn't think it. I think it was creasy, but I like the concept. Yeah, it's a good. One. You would like Patrick Star one size. He's got a cheek, a three palette that has that pink. It has a bomb and it has a shimmer. It's a trio. You got to get it because that color and it's even more calm than that color. Like it's not as like cool. It's really? insane. Yes, My, it's the best. I used to use a Kylie cosmetic one that like someone gave me and like that was thing. this Dior one is way better. But I um, I don't do any kind of highlighters because I look oily all the time. Like I have oily skin. I look oh, there. okay. Well, that, well, that's different. Okay. Then I, use, All right. I don't really wear a lot of eye makeup. Like you do shadows and stuff. You're good, but I don't. I just use the, I just do the fake lashes and I use this Tom Ford, these little individual, this charcoal gray is like the best sub for black. So it's not too aggressive. I oh, like that. One more thing. Lawless, forget the filler. This is the best lip gloss in the entire world. It's kind of gloopy, but it like, it's literally the best lip gloss in the entire world. It's Why do you love it the most? I love the gloss because my my lips are really red and I don't like how red my lips are. So I like to make them a little gray. And then obviously Charlotte Tilbury um, iconic nude is like. I OK, like- I think it's official. You should get into beauty. I- I'm going to yeah, tell I you should, that you right? passed the test. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, I, the things are. But I want to get back to the refi. I'm annoyed that I got rid of it because now I'm feeling like I want it back. I really like it. I use it every day and I use, you know what the key is? As like, what? It's your like non-shine powder? powder. Yes. So I use this. So they have this right. brush and I barely I, see. Yeah. You have to like. Like touch like and you have to like barely and then tap it all off. I I know I've used it, but I just I and don't I know. Like We're about to find out because then all I'm right. a little chalky. Uh, all right, I'm gonna go back and get it again. You know what you fucking need? You need a cottage cheese fucking deal with friendship or well, you or, know what's fucked years ago. I got a deal. Culture. No, I want fr- oh. friendship. Oh, first of all, years ago cottage cheese people say that i'm like copying other people and i go bananas <laughs> because i was offered several hundred thousand dollars years ago for this cottage cheese deal um it's not any of the companies you just mentioned and there was a reason that i, I can't explain that i had to turn down the deal it's a very bizarre reason okay and now i'm like friendship cottage cheese needs to come to me and give me a deal no, I, shit, I mean it's ridiculous like, you're eating that stuff with it and then oh, I, I'm, I, I, I'm getting mad now like Wait. now i want a deal you need a fucking deal because every time I go on Instagram, you're eating the fucking cottage cheese and it looks good. Uh, it's enough. You should do all that. It should be a thing like your snack kit, whatever it is, like yeah, pajamas and everything bagel seasoning. That's how that's how most people eat. By the way, that's how. What am I going to start lying about what I eat? I eat like tuna fish eat. on a cracker. Like I went to culinary school. I could eat whatever I want. I could order lobsters every night. I want tuna fish on a cracker. It's what yeah, I want. You've done way more than me. And I have recipes on my website. So like. It's what I want to eat. I don't care what anyone thinks. Like I, I'll, I'll take Captain Crunch with my hand. And that's what I'm eating. And people are like, oh, aren't you like rich and successful? I'm like, yes, a rich and successful person wants Captain Crunch. Leave me alone. People are like, enough with the cottage cheese. I'm like, no. I'm keeping going. Whatever you want. Oh my god! All right. Well, this was so fun. So fun. That was so so fun. fun. It was like a bag of nuts. This whole thing. Like, yeah. Well, Well, welcome to the crowd. Uh, Tell your husband. I think you guys are doing an amazing job, Bethany. So I'm impressed. Thanks, and um, I hope to see you soon. Yeah, beauty.
You have to. Yes. I know. Because the logo, the packaging is already there. It's like so All right. it. All right. We're putting it All out right. in the universe now. No, no, no. Put You should have a beauty deal. 100%. Oh. All right. And believe me, I've been offered beauty deals and I should not have a beauty deal. I you should have a beauty offered. deal. Great. All right. There's my offer. Well, I'll give you mine. I'm going right, to tell right. them to call you instead. <laughs> Fabulous. All right. Bye. Bye. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi. I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.